On this episode of Resi Week, overcoming consumer price sensitivity and frustrations with manufacturers and distributors. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 272, Lower Price Points. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Draper, focused on innovative solutions. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by three of my good friends. First, we have Mr. Jeremy Glowacki. He is the executive editor of Residential Tech Today. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing great, Matt. Thank you for having me back. And uh, I'm thrilled to be on a podcast with everybody that I've had on my own podcast. So it's a very friendly, fun group. <laughs> we, we like to keep it all, you know, in the family and, and together. Speaking of family, I've got my good friend, Amanda Wildman. She is the co-owner of True Media Home over in Michigan. How you doing, Amanda? I'm doing great, Matt. Thanks so much for having me back. I waved across the lake to, to Michigan the other day. You did. And my client who lives like literally across the lake from where I was did not wave back and I was offended. <laughs> but it was fun. It made for a really good joke. People don't realize how close we are. We're so close. Like, we're super yeah, stinking close. Yeah. Yeah, we're i I'm I'm closest to you out of the, the three people on the on the call today. But I do have good connections uh, to the region where Mr. Mark Feinberg comes from. He is the president of Home Theater Advisors. How are you doing, Mark? Doing great, Matt. Thanks for having me back. It's been a, been a while. I missed it you. It has. It's, it's been a minute. You, you say that now. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've <laughs> we'll mentioned, see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I've mentioned <laughs> to everyone that I'm, I'm a little feisty today, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll have a good show. It'll be great. Coming to us from Residential Tech Today, we're going to start before I dig a bigger hole. Uh, Parks Associate says consumer, ho- consumer smart home players are looking to overcome consumer price sensitivity. Go uh, read this article real quick. Uh, the firm's smart home tracker has found that uh, essentially 20 million consumers who do not own or intend to purchase smart home devices are saying that it's the expensive prices that are their reasoning for not going ahead with that adoption. To that point, uh, most of the manufacturers continue to offer some of their smart home products in a more cost-effective uh, situation. They're they're essentially lowering the bar of entry to get in. Uh, Jeremy, obviously, you should know a, a little bit about this, as this is kind of your your magazine. Um, the major players are lowering the cost. We've seen this. We've known for a couple of years that uh, Alexas are kind of sold at a loss, technically, um, just to get their foot in the door. We saw uh, Google and, and their Nest division come out with a cheaper thermostat. Uh, everyone continues to make a more cost-effective. I think Ring's got like a $100 wired doorbell cam that's supposed to release the end of this month. Is is that just those major players trying to broaden their scope, or is it is it truly that a consumer that normally would have no problem spending two fifty on a T stat is just more comfortable now spending one fifty? I 
think that there's um, an argument to be made that Parks is uh, finding in their research that these are what they call lost leaders, and they're trying to get a broader uh, chunk of the pie there or a bigger chunk of the pie with the uh, consumer base that may not be interested initially, but then they see, ooh, this is, this, I can't go wrong with this price. I, I'm going to try this out. Um, I, I don't know if, how, how well that works with um, smart speakers like the, the Alexas and um, the Google um, devices, but uh, th those have already seemed to have kind of picked up enough consumers uh, at the price points they were, but maybe there's more to be had out there that thought it was too expensive. Um, I think a product like a Ring doorbell, it was priced a little high for a certain population that knows they want it, but maybe just can't make the um, the the leap with it compared to a standard doorbell, which is like ten bucks or something. And they go, oh, I don't know. It's the camera's cool. I kind of like the idea of the security, but man, that's expensive. And they just don't don't make that leap. And maybe they don't. They're a little turned off by the installation portion. They just are a little intimidated. Um, so I think if you put it at a price point and it gets people a, a little addicted to this thing and then they think, what can I add to it? Then that grows and that ecosystem becomes bigger and they're, they're more of a smart home consumer at that point. I do think that there's, there's a case to be made here that there are people that, that just don't want a smart home. They're just never going to get into this, this space. And we kind of have to accept that. Not every home is going to be a, a quote-unquote smart home, even if it's DIY level um, quality. Uh, there are going to be still those upper level income people that are going to hire folks in the CI channel that are, we, we love them and it's going to be great. And they're going to get the best products. But um, I, I just think that it's okay if people just want to live in a quiet home with not a lot of things that they have to keep on their network. And maybe they have a, a computer network that they, they connect to work on. That's about it. Um, I, I think it's an interesting topic, and I do I do think that they're they're trying to to achieve that larger um, piece of the buy, though for sure. Yeah, it makes sense, Amanda. When you see this, is, is this a market that we should, as as CIs, to Jeremy's point, that we should be kind of going after, or is this something that, as these price points continue to drop, it just makes it harder for the CI channel to be involved at that lower price point? I mean, I think you're going to have the people that, you know, kind of DIY it, kind of pick out products, um, things like that. And um, they sit there and they'll pick out the products and want to get involved in it at a lower price point, like what Jeremy said. And it will give them an opportunity to kind of like tinker with it or kind of mess around with it. Um, but I think that those aren't going to be the big CI channel people that we work with. I mean, those people are going to want to be educated. They're going to want to know about the product, know how it's going to work. But I think these companies are smart. I mean, it's, I've told everybody, if you can get a smart device in someone's home, you can make their life more convenient. You can make it where it works. It's like a gateway drug. You know, they're going to come back for more. And it's just like you see the people that are, you know, iOS or Apple people, right? And they're very loyal. Or you see the people that are Android and they're very, very loyal. So I think that there's something too, you know, Alexa, you know, they want to, Amazon wants to get the people loyal to them because then you're more likely going to work with their ecosystem. You know, Google wants you to get loyal to them so, so that you're used to their platform. And then as more products and more things come out, 
you're already in their ecosystem. So, I mean, I think that they're going to always continue to go ahead with some of those lost leaders just to get you to buy into their ecosystem so that they can eventually sell you more. Mark, when you, when you follow this, when you see this, um, is this something that makes you from a, from a business stance, look at it and go, okay, if they're going to have, you know, a, just, just for round figures, a hundred dollar solution, we're going to offer a complimentary or, or, or something akin to that, right? We're, we're going to lower our bar to help that customer get in the door. And then we're going to show them this wide swath of things they can do. Is there any value to that? I mean, if, if, if somebody's struggling with paying $40 for an Echo Dot, I don't see how they can be any of our customers. I mean... What, what do we do? I mean, I, I need multiple, I need tenfolds of that in order to leave the house. Um, I just, I don't see how someone who's struggling to spend 40, 50, 60 bucks on a smart device. Now, listen, of those 20 million, are some of them who just don't want a smart speaker in their home because they don't want, you know, big brother listening? 100%. But those who want something smart in their home and not willing to spend $40, they're just, they're not our, they're not our market. And I sort of don't, care i hate to say like they're they're not going to be our market like how am i going to get them to go spend you know ten thousand dollars on a whole home audio system and and control system and uh, and an upgraded network for me to be able to do all of that if they're not spending 40 bucks on a dot they're not spending ten thousand dollars on you know a network and and a control system and a whole home audio system is is there nothing to that client cycle that's been preached for so long though that if you get them in the door and you you get them a couple of dots, that and again we're just using dots as, as an example, that all of a sudden they're going to go, oh this is amazing, maybe I want something better, because that's been the that's been the pipe dream, right? And I'm sure it's possible. I mean, I, but I can't tell you how many customers I've I've thrown a you know a control for you know processor and remote in, and I've and I've thrown in the free dimmer to try and hook them on the smart lighting, and it didn't do it. Right, they, they they haven't gone and bought a whole home lighting system. Um, I don't think that I, I think it worked. It may have worked for me once. Um, I've stopped doing it. Cause it just wasn't wasn't proving its worth. So yeah. yes, will they grow more if they bring in a dot or they bring in a ring doorbell? W- will they grow more if they can get it for twenty bucks and not forty bucks? Yes, they'll they'll grow for ring. They'll grow for nest. They'll grow for for the dot for for the echo e- ecosystem. Um, I don't think they're going to – a small percentage may grow into our customer, but now they're already super invested in this DIY ecosystem, and can we come in and, and lay something on top of that they're going to be happy with? Are they going to switch over to Josh AI? Are they going to – you know, at least fortunately now, we don't have to convince them to go from a Harmony remote to a professional remote because soon there will be no more Harmony remotes. <laughs> uh, wow. Right? <laughs> so there we go. Um you know, now, as you, as we were talking pre-show, you know, we're, we're big Sonos fans. So if they get into the Sonos ecosystem, that's great because then I can expand them from there. But I'm not going to do a whole lot with expanding them on, on the Ring and Nest ecosystem because that's just yeah. not what we do. Yeah, very good. I, I think there's value, though, Matt, in, you know, understanding it enough because once people know, like, okay, that's the McDonald's, right? of the version of the stuff, but then this is what it is that we can do. Like, this is what we do, right? Because I think that our level of client want to know, like, if, if we really 
like poo poo or don't even have a conversation about those products or like know those products. Like I think then they kind of sometimes look at us like maybe a little level of arrogance where we can say, you know, intelligently, like, yes, there's a lot of these products out there. Yes, you will see advertising out there of these products, but this is our solution for that. And this is a higher caliber. And when you know where those pain points are, it's, it's huge. Like I just, we just finished up with a really, really, really big client of ours. And like the guy had done his entire own house, like Z-Wave switches and everything like that. And he was getting ready to build another house. And he told the builder, no, I'm going to do it all myself. Cause he kind of dabbles, you know, a little bit in the tech stuff and things like that. And, and we met him because he sold his existing house with all the Z-Wave stuff to a friend of his and his friend knew nothing. And so his friend brought us in to upgrade the stuff. And, and he happened to be there when we were doing the upgrade and we knew every pain point that he was having with, you know, the Z-Wave stuff and, you know, with, with the different technology and with the ring stuff and with those thermostats. And because we could talk intelligently about that, we got the whole, we got the whole rest of the sale. But there was a big, there was a big life change that caused that evolution. Had he lived in that house and not sold it, would he have upgraded? I, I don't know. But I do know that I've been in this business for almost 20 years now in commercial and residential and a whole bunch of things. Unless there's a major shift, clients don't upgrade. They do bits and pieces, but they don't come in and go, hey, we're here and now let's just go here. Right. Well, not only that, but he was, he was already invested. He'd already spent a lot of money in a smart home, right? It's not the... Yeah. Lowering his lowering his cost of entry to twenty dollars wasn't going to change whether he had a house full of Z-Wave switches, right? He was already yeah. a tech, uh, you know, he was already technologically savvy in doing it. I don't think a lower price point would have mattered. Yeah, which point. is kind of what this whole article was about. All right, let's move on to the next article because Mark is done with that one. This comes to us. <laughs> I'm not done. I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> Uh, this one comes to us from CE Pro. Integrators vent their biggest frustrations with manufacturers and distributors. Uh, Jason not wrote this great article. Uh, they've been going through their uh, quest for quality awards survey process. And through that, there were a boatload of entertaining, we'll call it, uh, comments on and, and to, to Jason's, you know, great uh, thoughtfulness. They removed the brand names. So you can go read the article. You can guess who at least a, a, a large portion of these are. <laughs> uh, Amanda, when, when you see this, I love how Jason mentioned that they sent this on or, or passed this, this feedback on to some of the manufacturers. Um, I am not one to not gripe about a vendor or a manufacturer. Uh, I, I do try to be respectful about them. But, you know, if somebody does something really stupid, I will happily call them out. And usually publicly. Half the time on this show. <laughs> well, so first of all, was I the only one that when I was reading it, I felt like I was filling out like in the adult AV version of Mad Libs? Yes, yeah, totally. I, I was totally. like, all the blanks in there. I was like, I totally want to make this a Mad Libs. Somebody should totally do that for our industry. I think that would be great. Um, <laughs> or, or, or it's, or it's kind of like one of those those weird like sci-fi things where I could just sort of see the name sort of float in and out of the space. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I could I could figure it out, and I'm not even as mired in it as you guys are as dealers. Uh, Amanda, when you see this, do you 
do you think that distributors and manufacturers take this kind of feedback seriously? I'd like to think if, if, if uh, at least for the, the three of us that are dealers, you know, if we got this from a customer, no disrespect, Jeremy, but if we got this from a customer, hopefully we'd take this to heart. Do you think the manufacturers do? I mean, I, I truly hope that they do. Um, I think that there are definitely some that are out there. I think there are some manufacturers that are like really good um, about being online. We just had a chat a few minutes ago about, um, you know, Clubhouse, the social media on there, being on social media in general. So I do think there are some manufacturers that are really out there trying to solicit feedback or, you know, they'll kind of like stalk the Twitter conversations, you know, and things like that when people have those conversations. I think if it's done in a, in a proper way and in a respectful way i mean people should want criticism i mean i want criticism of my company if it's done in a way that says hey i want you to be better um you know hey this process is you know maybe sucky or maybe you could fix this or whatever and if someone comes to you and says hey i want you to be better that's one thing if you're living in your mom's basement and you're just giving crappy reviews like <laughs> i'm not gonna listen to you you know what i mean <laughs> So, but, but I do respect the fact that, you know, C pro did ask for it. It is kind of funny. If you read that article, I do like the fact that they passed it on. So, I mean, I hope the manufacturers listen. I think, I mean, ultimately integrators want to tell manufacturers where the problems are to make it better. So it's better for everybody's experience. So, I mean, there's, I think great value in listening to it. So I hope they do. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you do it in a certain way, I mean, it, Otherwise, you just vote with your pocketbook, right? And stop buying yeah. from the manufacturer. Mark, when you when you follow this, when you see this, and you and I have had quite a few conversations where we're griping about a manufacturer or a distributor or the industry in general. Um, is there we a tend bit to of... be a whiny. We tend to be a whiny bunch. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> No, no, as an industry, as an industry. We are a high-maintenance bunch. We are a high-maintenance bunch, yes. Well, I thought you just meant me. But no, yes. I mean, not, not the four of us. I mean, as an industry as a whole. When you see this, though, there are some repeat offenders, right? There are yes. some vendors. There are some manufacturers. They've had issues for years. Yes. There are also quite a few that have really struggled the last year. Do we give some of them some grace, some of them uh, a bit of a pass, or is it is it one of those, if this was the opportunity to step up, like if there was ever a time where we needed our, our partners to step up, this was the time, and a lot of them didn't. And I guess what... It depends on what people are complaining about, right? If you're complaining that, you know, your your AVR manufacturer doesn't have inventory, well, join the club. No AVR manufacturer has inventory, right? There just aren't chips. They just don't, don't exist. Um, so it depends on, you know, could they have stepped up? Um, but, yeah, if, if, if they had an opportunity to do better and they used COVID as an excuse to not, then, yeah, then shame on them. Um, yeah, I think there were some, you know, there's there some repeat offenders in there. There are also some companies, as we talked about, that just dealers love to hate on. And it's often unfair hate. Mm -hmm. um, so I think when you're looking at, when, you know, when a manufacturer is and a, and a distributor is looking at this anecdotal information, does the data prove it, right? You know, go, go to any product or any 
any on Amazon or any review of a restaurant or of an integrator, there's always going to be haters. There's always going to be somebody who isn't happy, right? And this was just the unhappy people. What does the data say? Was there a true survey done? You know, how bad is that issue? Is it is it three people saying, you know, I called the branch and there was and they said they had this in stock, and when I showed up, they didn't. Is it the same branch every time at, at a distributor? Is it yeah. is it is it you know, systemic across the entire distribution, that, that their entire network of branches. So, you know, I take this with a bit of a grain of salt because it's very anecdotal. It's like having, you know, if I have a thousand great reviews from clients on Google and four of them are one star, okay, I'm going to review, I'm going to look at why those one stars exist, but chances are it's just people who are going to give one star because that's who they are. Yeah. Yeah, very good. All right, Jeremy, I, I would love to get philosophical Jeremy on this question. <laughs> I, I want a real deep thought. <laughs> oh, I was just going to read my favorite ones. Is that okay? <laughs> you do that too. <laughs> Is some of this not a dealer issue? And what I mean by that, are there not a lot of relationships that dealers have with quote unquote partners? that are just as much on the dealer as they are on the on the vendor i.e if you continually get bad service like to mark's point from a branch of a distributor but mm. you continue to buy there right most of these are not coming from most of these aren't coming from canada where we have very limited distribution as we've talked about a couple of times mm. if you're buying x product you can buy that especially in the states from like five different vendors right so do you get that well i went three times and it was out of stock three different times well go somewhere else right well i mean if you're talking a distributor that's that's one thing and these could be certain manufacturers that they just don't have a preferred option um it could be a control company that they just that's the control company they've got all their eggs in that basket and it's hard to switch i mean there is uh, one of my ones that just kind of makes me chuckle is the one that says blank changes their control platform all the time. And like, mm, okay, I, I can see we that know thing. who that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just funny to me because the rest are like inventory, bad service, um, things like that, which you can see is just, it's been a bad year for inventory. Mm -hmm. um, it, for, you know, it's been great for, for business. Uh, everyone's been very busy. It's just been, what are the resources at these various manufacturers or distributors and how are they able to work in person or virtually and that sort of thing? I'm sure there's been some management issues there from those uh, vendors, but uh, um, I, I do see your point that there are times when you just say, I've got to change my partner here because this is just not working. Um, and, and I'm sure, a lot of dealers do that if they're good business people. But as you know, most dealers are not good business people. So <laughs> it happens. They, they just keep banging their head against the same wall and don't figure out time to adjust my, my plan here. Uh, or they're just too damn busy to do it, um, I guess. That's a possibility as well. Is it kind of just for, for anybody, is it something where, to Mark's point, we kind of just like to complain <laughs> that, that we as a yeah, channel just well, we're gonna find something to whine about i was gonna say this reminds me of being at a at a breakfast table at a buying group meeting like a 
not to not to point a finger at a buying group because they've got certain vendors, but any any buying group meeting or meeting of any conference where you go and sit down at a breakfast table with a bunch of dealers, it all turns into this. Once everybody kind of wakes up and warms up to each other, it's just one after the other of these. Some of them are positive, but most of them are just gripe stories, war stories. So um, that's that's what people love to do, and you, you give them an opportunity here, and, and they'll vent. All right. Well, let's leave it there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's all the time we have today. Jer- Sorry, did you want to say something? No. Oh, you no. look like you were ready to go. No, I said great. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yay, we're done. That's what he wow. said. Wow. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy, if people want to connect with you, learn more about residential tech today, where can they do that? Check out our website at restechtoday.com. And uh, hey, check out our podcast, too. We, we do some deep dive interviews with folks in the industry and folks from outside the industry, too. It's called Residential Tech Talks, and uh, um, I have a lot of fun doing it. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Miss Wildman, if people want to connect with you, learn more about True Media Home, where can they do that? True Media Home on pretty much any social, Instagram, Facebook, um, Clubhouse, hit me up on there. <laughs> Had a lot of fun there this last couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, anything with, you know, CDA with uh, the board and with certification. I'm having a ton of fun right now with certification. So hit me up um, on any of those socials. Excellent. Thank you, ma'am. Mr. Feinberg, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Home Theater Advisors, where can they do that? Uh, best is just email me at mark at hometheateradvisors.com or on Facebook at Home Theater Advisors. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 